welcome to the Radical Remnants podcast. Anyone, everyone, one God. We hope today's charge up playback blesses you. Father, I ask in the mighty name of Jesus that you anoint every word that comes out of my mouth and you translate it to everyone under the sound of my voice who will hear this message. In a way, oh God, that it will not only touch lives, but it will transform lives. Lord, that you will use it to heal, to fix, to repair, to explain, to clarify, to lead, to guide, to help, to support in ways, in more ways than our minds can ask, think, or imagine. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. All right, so God gave me a word. And before I explain or share the title of the word, um, I want to explain, you know, sometimes I, I will say this word is for someone. You know, it might not be for everyone, but this particular one is for everyone. If somehow God has led you to be here, or God allows you to hear the words coming from my mouth, it is for you, okay? So I will encourage you to pay attention. I had a visual of someone sinking. And you know, you guys know that I watch a whole, maybe more than I should, a whole lot of TV and movies and whatnot. It's my thing. I'm a creative person. It is what it is. And you know, in all these like gangster movies, when they want to body someone and, and you know, make away with a body. And, you know, one of the places, if they don't dig it in normal, in some faraway forest, one of the things that they do is throw it in the ocean. Can anybody tell me if you watch those kind of movies, what, hey, Jonathan, good to see you what kind what do they usually do before they throw the body in the ocean anybody yes Minnie, just unmute and share oh um they put something heavy like on the body so that it doesn't float up thank you very much and now the key to sinking is being heavy for size okay the key to sinking is being heavy for size if you can add weight to an object without adding much size, the object will be heavier relative to its size. What this means is that the density of the overall object will increase and be more likely to sink. Essentially, for those of us who are not science people, right? What it's saying is basically Whatever is being used to help the person sink has got to be heavier than the weight of the person. Let's just summarize it that way. And for some of us, that is particularly what we're going through. You know, someone close to me had like a medical situation this week. And what had happened was something was going on that said, the person was stressed. And I'm like, yo, are you stressed? And the person's like, no, I'm okay. I'm not thinking about anything. But the physical manifestation said there was stress in the person's life. It's just like, kind of like when somebody's 
blood pressure rises and person like no i'm okay i'm okay and that's because sometimes we are stressed without even knowing in the same way sometimes we have burdens that are heavier than us that we are not aware of and those burdens may not look like big deals right for some people it might be unforgiveness it might be bitterness it might be anger it might be confusion it might be the past it might be the present it might be anxiety about the future for some people it may be loneliness feeling a disconnect feeling alone and isolated for some people it might be confusion instead of clarity for some people it might be the feeling of just depression and they can't explain it because yo nobody in my family has mental health illness i am strong i am able i'm capable there's nothing wrong with me but that person knows that to get out of bed every morning something ain't right but they're not going to go check for help because guess what i am fine and so one of the very smart things if i can say so that the enemy does is to put heavier weight on us without our knowledge and so we're sinking without knowledge are you with me we look like we're okay but we're not okay and something if you are discerning or self-aware you'll just know mm, something don't feel right but you can't quite articulate what it is you know that somehow you're not reading your bible as you should somehow you're not connecting with god the way you do and for those who are even better than me they read their bible every single day and talk to god they're just like hey something isn't right for some of us what the devil does is just isolates you like nobody cares about me nobody understands me blah, blah, blah. and so you don't have no friends you have no community there's no place where anyone's checking for you the enemy isolates you and gets in your head and that is why community and fellowship is important. The weight of an object determines whether or not it floats or sinks. And in Psalm 55 verse 22, it says, cast your burden on the Lord, he shall sustain you. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. And the thing is, God is glad to carry our burdens and give us daily strength for most of us carry the weight on our own. Isaiah 58 verse 6 says, is it not fast that I have chosen? Or rather, is it not the fast that I have chosen to lose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, and to let the oppressed go free, that you might break every yoke? So essentially saying, it's not God's will that you should be crushed down with excessive burdens. God wants you to be free. My question to all of us is, what is the weight that we are carrying? What is the weight that we are carrying? You see, there's a very fine line between being responsible and being overwhelmed. Responsibility, yes, there's certain things you're supposed to do on certain days, certain people who are who you're responsible for or you 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 answer to or accountable for or to. And you know, you're living a life that is generally good, right? Overwhelming can be carrying all these weights that you may or may not be 
aware of. And the visual that I had of someone sinking just showed like a big like weight tied around the person's two legs. And if you know anything about swimming, you need your arms, you need your legs. If you know anything about swimming, the less you, you know, the less you flutter and, and panic and whatever, and you learn to let go, the better you float, the better you swim, right? And it's a very funny thing when you, as a child, learn to swim because there's nothing in your head that tells you, oh, I'm going to drown. You watch them teaching babies to swim and it comes naturally. They just know to float. You watch an adult, the adult is in their head all the time. And the adult sometimes may be just as tall as the water or even taller, right? But their mind tells them, eh, I don't want to drown. And that's because many of us without knowing are carrying burdens that don't belong to us. And I always, you know, when, when the Bible says, you know, we must stay constant in the word, when the Bible says the word is a lamp onto your feet, I always marvel at how as human beings, right, we, we know, but we don't do. Something makes us not do what we should do. There's a part in the Bible where uh, Paul is talking about the thing I know I should do, I don't do. Do you get what I mean? There's something we know. The Bible says the word is a lamp onto your feet. Any smart person, even a dullard, understands that what that means is if you don't read the word, you don't have light. If you don't have light, you're going to get lost. You can't see, you don't have clarity. Yet, many of us, if we're going to be honest, do not stay in the word. At best, many of us may read it, but we don't stay in it. We don't meditate on it day and night as it instructs. Many of us, if we look at the ratio in the time we spend with God and in God, in his spirit, versus the time we engage with people in the world, carrying their own crap and adding it onto ourselves, we'll see that we do more for people, more with people than with God. And then we wonder why things don't add up. Many of us have not even begun, including myself, to scratch the surface of who we are in God. And the idea for the enemy is to keep us lukewarm at best. Kind of get you almost there. How many people have experienced almost good enough, almost there, almost right? And so the enemy knows you're a Christian. He knows. He's aware that you're a Christian. He knows that there's something called the radical remnant. There's a place called the charger where you can come every Sunday and get charged up. He'll convince you otherwise to get busy with other things. He doesn't want you to hear what God has in store for you. The enemy knows that the word of God is a lamp onto your feet. He'll convince you to either oversleep or to look at your Bible and just be very unmotivated to read it. The enemy knows that that podcast, that, that, that song, that book is going to enlighten you and give you knowledge that is going to get you where you're going. Or he'll convince you to Netflix and chill. 
Look, there's nothing wrong with Netflix and unchilling. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm saying is doing what you're supposed to do when you're supposed to do it in a way that helps you manifest the greatness God has put within you. The Bible says that God will do exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask, think, or imagine according to the power that is already at work within you. And I say this all the time. We know that ask, think, or imagine. We know exceedingly abundantly, but we always forget the part that says already at work within you. For many of us, it's not already at work because we are not in God. We are of God. We have given our lives, we are not in God. And the Bible says that he inhabits the praises of his children. The Bible gives us so many hacks, but we do not utilize them. I don't know about you, I love hacks. I love hacks. I love, you know, Takena was teaching me something the other day about how you put like a kitchen towel with hot water and soap and it gets like oil out of your plastic bowl. I'm like, yo, this is wild. And now every time I'm washing, even when there's no oil, I'm like, yeah, let me do this really cool thing. My sister taught me the other day how to um, uh, close up your cereal box in this cute way. I like doing it. I feel very posh when I do it. You know, when, when I'm done feeding my little girl, I like to close the cereal box that way. But spiritual hacks, I be forgetting every day. And I wonder why I'm not manifesting greatness. You see, God is not man that he should lie, or the son of man that he should be afraid. You know, when someone said, I said what I said, that's God. That's why when Moses said, who should I say sent me? He said, I am. God is not anybody's mate. If he said it, he will do it. But we don't do what we are supposed to do. So what I want us to do for the next three minutes, just write down what burden you are carrying. Whether you know or not, the burden, it will come to you. Just write down the burden you are carrying, the things that stay on your mind, the questions that you can't let go of, they just stay. Write it down, whether it's insecurity, whether it's fear, whether it's anxiety, whether it's depression, whether it is just questioning your salvation, whether it's unforgiveness towards yourself or someone else, whether it's bitterness, whether it's confusion, whether it's poverty. Let's say you just can't seem to figure out finances whether it's your health, whether it's loneliness and just feeling disconnected from people, no friends, no, no good or healthy relationships, write them down. Whether it's your academic life, you're just not understanding what they're telling you and you're just worried as to where this is gonna go. Whether it's your career, whether it's your family, write it down. If you feel confused, just speak to God. Speak to God and say, God, help me identify the burdens that I'm carrying. Help me identify the burdens that I'm carrying. Speak to God. Help me identify them. Don't let me miss this opportunity to deal with it. 
help me identify the burdens that I'm carrying. Tell God to open your eyes to the burdens that you are carrying. You own my heart. Pray about it. Ask God, open my eyes. And, and as you hear it, just write it. It doesn't have to be articulate. You are not publishing this anywhere. Just write it as it comes to your heart. Write it as it comes to your heart. It doesn't have to be in fancy bullet points or fancy words. Just write it however it comes to your heart. Any burden, anything you find yourself subconsciously thinking about during the day anything you find you you know is somehow holding you back from your best self that is somehow uh, uh it's like a barrier between you and your greatness is a barrier between you and your peace is a barrier between you and, and fulfilling this version of yourself that you see in your mind's eye anything that is standing in the way of you Anything that is threatening your peace, threatening your joy, threatening you, just, you know, optimizing the life that God has said that you should live, write it down. And your list can't be long enough because there's stuff that just kind of hides in the shadows. For some of us, it's in the relationships we have. We're perpetually assuming and thinking about what somebody else is saying about us. There's a paranoia. You know, you, we're, we're consistently burdened by what people think. Write it down. Write it down. Write it down. Don't, don't hold it in. You see, anything that you keep within you in this type of season becomes like a cancer that spreads. And we all know that once a cancer spreads, it begins to destroy organs. We don't want any spiritual cancers inside of us. We want to be free of any negativity, of any darkness, because we are light. But if there is darkness within us, in places where we are supposed to be light, we become part of the problem. And that is not your destiny. That is not God's will for you in Jesus' name. God wants you to, to float. He wants you to swim. He wants you to move further and deeper. He doesn't want you to be stagnant so write it down lord what is it that is holding me back what is it in my mind that holds me back what is it in my mindset that holds me back what relationships hold me back what lies hold me back is there anything in my past holding me back is there a definition of myself holding me back is there, is there any comforting lies I have said to myself? Holy Spirit, help. Help me see with your eyes. Help me see with your eyes. I want to be the best I can be. Lord, your word says that your gifts that you have given to me will make room for me and bring me before kings. What stands between me and the manifestation of the gifts you have given me? 
you will find that as God starts to speak to you, the Holy Spirit starts to whisper into your ears the possibility of greatness. God wants to loose the shackles that have held you bound. Write it down. Some of them are persistent habits, persistent sin that, that you just find yourself going back to after you think you've dealt with it. Write it down. Some of it is, is, is like personality traits that when people call you out on it, you say, that's just how I am. But you know, you and I know that that's not how God wants you to be. For some people, it's laziness. For some people, it's gluttony. You see, there are some other sins that are not as loud as fornication and adultery, stealing, killing. They're just subtle there at the back. The Bible says a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest and poverty comes upon you. For some people, that's what it is. Laziness, excuses, lack of diligence, disobedience. For some people, it's just having the wrong people or nobody around you. And Bible says iron sharpens iron. So the enemy wants you to be so disconnected that your iron is never sharpened. You're just living free in your own world oblivious of, of the capacity that you let go of when you don't come to God's people and come within a community. Praise God. Now, if you finish writing this down, what I want you to do is put your hand on that list and ask God, say, Lord, give me the capacity to let go. Give me the capacity to let go. Give me the capacity to let go. The Bible says in Matthew 11, verse 28 to 30, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. My yoke is easy, and my burden is light. My yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Say, lighten, lighten the yoke on me, O God. Take it from me. I'm letting go, Lord. I'm letting go. I'm letting go, O God. I'm letting go, Lord. I'm letting go, Lord. I'm letting go, Lord. Many of us are not even aware of the weight. We pile it on and we fall. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. And now, before I wrap up my message, and, and really this might even be the thick of the message. Many of us are unaware of the weight. Was anybody surprised by stuff that they wrote down? Anybody? Did you write anything down and you were like, I didn't even know that this was on my mind. Praise God, I see some hands up. Good. I want to tell you a very short story. It can be found in Acts 20 verse 9. It says, and there was a young man named Eutychus sitting on the windowsill. He was sinking into a deep sleep. And as Paul kept talking longer and longer, he was completely overcome by sleep. 
and fell down from the third story and he was picked up dead. You know, I heard a sermon about this, but I got something completely different from it. I'll read it again. The Bible says he was sitting on the windowsill and he was sinking into deep sleep. And as Paul kept talking longer and longer, he was overcome, completely overcome by the sleep and fell down. He was sinking into deep sleep. What I got out of that was that there was a guy who was tired. He was tired and he sat by the windowsill. And I asked myself, what a funny position to pick. You know, when you are sleepy, and I joked about this with my daughter, that there are some times when you go to church and you're just tired, right? When you are sleepy, if you go to the windowsill, what's, what do you think will happen? Of course, you're going to fall. And this made me think about how we are as Christians. The Bible said he was sinking into deep sleep. It was present continuous, as Anna taught us, which day was it, how many months ago? <laughs> he was sinking. He hadn't yet fallen asleep. He was sinking into deep sleep. And for many of us, we have been sinking into deep sleep. It, it's not going to happen just like that, right? We've been sinking into deep sleep, sinking with these weights that we have that we have listed. And what I asked myself, I asked myself a couple of questions. One was, why did he sit at the windowsill instead of going to sit with people who were awake and say to them, hey, yo, Jonathan, Nini, please, I'm tired. Grab me a glass of water. And if you see me closing my eyes, just, you know, kick me because I want to pay attention to what's happening. There are many times when I come here and I tell you guys that God is doing something, right? And we need to tap into it. There are many times where God gives me a word and tells me to share it. And, and, I'm, and I marvel at how people don't catch it. Do you understand? You know, when God is doing something, we don't catch it because we are sinking with everything else, sometimes with distractions. And it's not because, it's not about me. Please, I want to be very clear. It's not about me. It's about what God wants to do through me. Me, I'm just a vessel. There's nothing special about me outside God's grace, right? I remember saying to Ninia, you know what, I'm going to share my November retreat with everyone. I didn't want to. I wanted to keep it to myself because it's a private thing for me. And I shared it. And I and God said, you see, they don't, I'm trying to get people's attention in every way, shape, and form, but they're not catching it. I'm trying to get them to live better, to do better. I'm trying to, it's like God trying to tap you before an exam to give you expo about the next year. You know, before you go into the exam, yo, they're going to bring out this and this. Quickly study this because, you know, and then you carry shoulder and just enter the exam like that. I wondered why did Eutychus sit by the window? And the first thing I want you to note is check your position in the spirit. If you're writing down notes, that's the first thing from this story. I'm wrapping up now. Check your position in the spirit. 
You see, Eutychus was by the edge. He was by the ledge, about to fall already. But he didn't know, because I don't think anybody wants to fall. Check your position in the spirit. How are you doing? Check the people that you are in the room with. Check your congregation. That's number two. They saw him sitting by the ledge. He was sinking. He wasn't already sleeping. And nobody could say, ah, Tibio, come from the windowsill. Come and sit with me. Who are the people who will call you and say, come and sit with me. Don't fall asleep. Do you have those people? If you don't, you have to start praying about that. You need to be in a right congregation that gives a crap about you. When you don't show up, they're going to say, hey, yo, where's Florence? We haven't seen her in a while. And you also need, and this is number three, check your voice. You also need to be able to open your mouth and say help. Because if Eutychus has said to some people, I feel like, yo, I'm really tired. I'm sinking. Help. I want to believe that somebody would have shown up. I've said it here today and I've said it different times. Your generation and the generations after you, I'm so concerned for. Because many of you don't have friends. Real friends. You don't have tribes. You don't have people who, who are in your space. Who are checking on you. Who are saying, how are you? And you have this community, but still there's just that resistance, another weight that tells you, don't look for this person. Don't tell Anna you need a friend. Don't reach out to Jonathan to ask him to help. So you carry it by yourself and you sit on the windowsill. You don't use your voice to say, I'm here, I need friends. I'm going to be checking on you once in a while. There's this thing, you. there's this resistance. I don't want to look desperate. I don't want to look this. I don't want to, what would they say? And that's a lie from the pits of hell. Check your voice. You need to say help. This is where I need help. That's what this community is. This community isn't some type of raggedy church that, you know, just shows up and all we care about is the number of people that, no, it's a community for you. And I'm so tired of people telling me what the problem is without giving me a solution. How are you fixing that problem? Where in the conversation are you? When people say, my generation, we don't look out for each other. We don't, we, everybody's just in their space and on their phone and blah, blah, blah. What are you doing to fix that? Are you a follower or are you a leader? Are you a change agent or are you a complainer? Check your voice. And the fourth thing is check your attention. What are you paying attention to? The Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So while you're checking your voice and you are speaking, check. What am I talking about often, if at all? Where is your attention? Bible says I will give him perfect peace whose mind is stayed on me. Where's your mind? Check your focus. Because I feel like if Eutychus was really paying attention, Paul could not have been boring. I don't think that he, this story was in the Bible to tell Paul to have stopped talking. 
I think it was there to tell us what happens when somebody is sinking. To look out for the ways to tell if you are sinking and what to do. Eutychus could have sat with the right people. He didn't need to fall before anybody paid attention. We shouldn't wait till somebody, God forbid, commits suicide. We shouldn't wait till somebody, you know, has a manic episode. We shouldn't wait till somebody is sick and needs money to donate to surgery. We shouldn't wait till there's a problem before we say help or before we say, hi, my name is Lamy. How are you? I noticed that you joined the radical remnant. Da, da, da. What school do you go to? What course are you studying? Where do you live? We shouldn't wait till people fall. And there's so many people who are struggling. Just like you, because they're struggling, they're sinking, and nobody's reaching out. The Bible says in Acts 20, verse 10, but Paul went down and threw himself on him and embraced him and said to those around, don't be troubled, he's alive. But Paul, he went down and he threw himself on him and he embraced him. How many of you would like a friend like Paul? Somebody who notices something's gone on with you and leaves what they're doing to come and help you. That's what the church is supposed to be. The other people, they say they were standing around. We're all guilty of that. We see something. And instead of us to come out of our car or our situation and look out for that person, for the Eutychus, we stand around and talk about it. We even lie and say, well, pray about it. Let's pray about it. But we're just gossiping. The title for today, if you want to give it a title, is Sink or Swim. I don't know what God has said to you today. I don't know what might be causing you to sink. I don't know what might be weighing you down, but I know that you need to let it go. There is an advancement that is going to come in the following year an advancement spiritually, an advancement in your career, an advancement in your social life, an advancement, you know, in your, in the general trajectory of your life, but it, you can't move without weight. You're going to have to get to a place where you actually surrender all to God. You're going to have to come to a place where you understand that that act of surrender is a daily act. Many of us are missing out on our lives because we're so consumed by tomorrow. We're so consumed by next week. So we're missing out on the magic of the lives that we're living right now. You will never be this young again. You will never be this, this is it. This is the life, you are living your life. Are you free? Do you feel loved? What's your role in the kingdom of God? Who are the Eudicuses in your life? Who are the Pauls in your life? 
like Paul, God is speaking. God is always speaking. He's always moving around and spreading his spirit and speaking to his children. God is always present. He's always there. He's always ready. Always. But all of us have found that our minds are distracted with these weights that we carry consciously or subconsciously, willingly or unwillingly. You have to know that you're a mark of the enemy. You have to know. Once you gave your life to Christ, it's like, oh, snap. I don't want to see what happens when Iomide figures out the light that is in him. I don't want to figure out what happens when faith begins to manifest the greatness that is in her. I don't want to figure out when Anna realizes the fire in her. I don't want them to, to figure it out. I don't want them to know. Let me keep them in this place called middle. Let me keep them in this place called mediocre. Let me keep them in this place where they're just numb and disconnected and isolated, giving excuses as to the why. Let me keep them sinking. And when they fall, let me keep them so selfish that they don't look out for each other. Coincidentally, the name Eutychus means lucky. And I think that if you are part of the radical remnant, you're lucky. I really do. I think once God opens your eyes to what he intends to do through you and in this space, you guys will be unstoppable. Once each person comes out of their shell, and leaves those excuses and has the and each person has the courage to become it'll be fire but i don't know what it's going to take because i've already done my radical remnant i've already done my stuff i'm already manifesting my job here like paul is to keep talking and to keep talking and to keep reminding you to keep chastising you, to keep putting fire in your belly, to remind you of who you are. God opens my eyes sometimes to each of you, to what's inside each of you, the greatness in each of you. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, once they join hands together and they are stronger and they begin to do, oh, the souls you will win just by being who you are. The magic you will make just by coming together, by tapping the next person and saying, you wake up, you're sleeping, you're sinking. I think of how free you will be in every space that you are in. There will be this subtle strength, you know, that subtle strength. There's some people, right, when you are somewhere, they walk into the room and the energy just changes. That is you. When you walk into a room carrying the greatness of God, the energy is supposed to change. They should know faith walked in or liar they walked in. They should know. And you have to get out of your head and stop overthinking it like you made yourself. You submit to God and you let God work through you. 
do you think I was always this articulate? Do you think I always wanted to speak in front of people? No. I grew up being told I was really average. Nobody noticed me. Nobody really. I was just there. I was just one of the people who was just like, just kind of waving through life. You know what I mean? Like just wherever this the the, the waves go, just kind kind of flowing with it. But God, the same way the Bible here says, but Paul, God can do amazing things once you say, I'm going to take myself seriously. I said somewhere to last week that everybody else is thinking about their lives and you now have to, to put your money where your mouth is. You take your, your purpose seriously. You take it so seriously that you don't allow the people you think can help you go free. You think someone is going to be a good friend to you, you chase the friend. Do you understand what I'm saying? You you hit the person up and say, yo, I think guys have it easier. Guys kind of make friends easier. I don't know. It's just what it is. So maybe I should say this to the females. You form a bond. Do you get what I mean? You form a bond. You don't wait. You don't give excuses. That's the iron that sharpens you. So you, you should be selfish enough about your situation. There's a lot God wants to do and he wants to do it through us because we're his children. He wants to use you for your generation. He does. Even you who maybe can't speak in front of a crowd, even you who yet hasn't identified what it is your gift is or purpose and all that fancy stuff. A willing heart, that's what he wants. Let's pray. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you. I thank you, oh God, for what you are yet doing in the lives of everybody who is here. I thank you, oh Lord, for how great you are and how patient you are and how cool you are as a father. I thank you for your presence, your persistence, oh God. I thank you, Father Lord, for how faithful you are. And Lord, your, your word says that you will guide us with your mighty hand. Almighty God, I ask in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, and with the authority that comes with the blood of Jesus, that you lay your hands on everything your children have written down. Mighty God, lift the weight that they carry. Loosen every noose around their necks, oh God. Release them, Father, from anything that has held them bound. Be it a habit, be it an addiction, be it a lie from the pits of hell, be it a relationship, be it a family member, be it a familiar or strange spirit, oh God. Be it personality traits or characteristics, oh God, that remove them from your will. Be it depression. Be it insecurity, condemnation, guilt, shame, anxiety, bitterness. 
lack of hope, lack of courage. As long go God as it's a wait. Ah, Father, be it lack of discipline, oh God, be it gluttony. Be it lack of confidence, my God. Have mercy, have mercy. Show them who they are, almighty God. Hey, let them chase purpose. Let their identity begin to align, bring them closer. The gap between where they are now and who they see now and who you made them to be and can be, oh God, reduce that gap till it becomes non-existent. Light a fire in the belly of everyone under the sound of my voice. Let them become so militant for greatness. Let them roar, oh God. Let them soar with wings as eagles. So high, Father, that the enemy can't even reach them. Give them the confidence that comes with salvation. Give them the confidence that comes with redemption. Give them the confidence that comes with justification. Give them the confidence that says, I am a solution and not a problem. I will be a sign and a wonder. They will know that I was on this earth. I am great. I am greatness personified. Speaking to them, speak through them. And Lord, I anoint every mouth under the sound of my voice that their hearts will be filled with your truth and their mouths will speak of your truth because your words is out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, Father. They will not speak against themselves. Now, Lord, open heavens over them. Divine favor over them, Lord. Make their feet fast like the hind's feet, O oh God. Fast, let them move. Let there be a quick advancement in their lives. Help them pause, O oh God, under the anointing of what November brings. And get clarity, Lord, on where you are taking them. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Thank you for listening. Bye for now.